This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a darkly funny film from Spain about a manipulative industrial business leader entitled The Good Boss. Two complicated people running a top-class restaurant in Copenhagen in A Taste of Hunger. And there's also a larger-than-life Olympic champion in Dame Valerie Adams. More than gold. Tenemos mucho que celebrar. Que gracias a vosotros, hoy somos finalistas del premio que da el gobierno regional a la excelencia empresarial. Es un momento muy delicado. No podemos tener a ese individuo ahí cuando llegue la comisión. Aquí nos deja sin premio. ¿Qué dicen las pancartas? Lo que dicen siempre las pancartas. Nada bueno. Tenemos problemas peores. Mira ellos, otra vez. In the darkly funny Spanish drama, The Good Boss, we follow the owner of an industrial company trying to resolve all the problems of his workers in his own rather offbeat way. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Lumias in order to see this rather intense, multi-level movie. Uh, Carolyn, I found this film to be about the hypocrisy and questionable practices used to run a business in Spain these days. What did you think of The Good Boss, both the man and the movie? I know, but to quote Kenny Everett, it was done in the most nicest possible ways. (laughs) The movie, The Hypocrisy. I mean, he really is a slimeball on paper. Like, if you were writing a description of this title character on paper, you'd say that he's really... Um, patronising and condescending, but he oh. has a good heart. Yeah, but he tells everybody <laughs> that anyway, doesn't he? And you tend to believe him. <laughs> I know. I absolutely love this film. I really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I would go as far as to say it's my favourite performance of Badam. Yeah, um, this is Javier, uh, Javier Bardem. Bardem. Yeah. yeah, because, yeah. I mean, this is an excellent performance. It's a few years since I've seen him in a, a Well, he French usually film, plays but... the bad guy, like the really bad guy in terms of he beats people up and shoots them and kills them. <laughs> he's the evil guy. But in this film, he's just so nice but so bad that you just, yeah, I mm. found it very hard to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could, yeah. I mean, you were along with him and he, he's certainly working intensely and hard to get this whole thing. Yeah, but the plot um, is just awesome. The way it twists and turns around and it just goes from one chaotic moment in a way to another because he, he gets it just gets himself deeper and deeper into trouble, but he's thinking he's doing the best thing. <laughs> yeah, well, again, that's what he tells everybody. <laughs> I know, he keeps on telling everybody. And the trouble is that I tend to believe it also. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with charismatic people, isn't it? I mean, you, you believe that even though you can see plainly that they're doing things for their own reasons and stuff, you still like them, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some good uh, sort of... Um, Oh, I found quite funny um, touches, like this one bloke that he's fired early in the movie, a man with a small child, small boy, and um, 
And he's protesting. He's absolutely angry that he was kicked out of the, this business, this mm. factory. And uh, so he sets himself up in protest outside, down down the road a bit yeah. from from the actual factory, uh, where, but all the people sort of have to drive past or go past him, and he just protests what a terrible place that is, and all this sort of thing goes on and on and on. Mm. And this is one thing that Bardem does find difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, he tries and gets other people to deal with it, doesn't he? Because yeah. it's too low beneath him and he's dealing with all these other problems. So basically the plot is that he heads up, he runs his family business, he calls it a family business, yeah. um, in which he tra- tries to te- treat all his employees as as one of the family <laughs> I'd actually hate oh, to Oh, so he says So he says in the family. And so he gets involved in their lives um, <laughs> more than he should. But he also delegates all the bad things, <laughs> like the firing and the dealing with people. He kind of delegates that away. Yeah, um, well, this leads to sort of quite a surprise, sort of violent... Um, well, yeah, no plot uh, spoilers. ...towards the end with um, yeah. this bloke outside yeah, no trying to get rid of him. Because no. it's quite a twist. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, but in the meantime, he's dealing with. I mean, it's. <laughs> I love watching Spanish films because they are very clever in the way that they um, subtly twist things and turn things and goes off in one another. And that this is the same with. You can tell right from the very the beginning of the film that he's quite the Lothario, and he thinks that interns are his plaything kind of mm. thing. But even that backfires on him in the end as well. Oh, and it's like, how does that happen? And I often think they're, they're critiquing Spanish, I don't know, businesses, because we've seen so many films now of businesses doing bad yeah. but and employees getting really upset. Is it just an ongoing theme in Spanish films or, or are they actually commentaries on the way business is done? Yeah. Well, in that, that sense, uh, I think the film is, is a satire, Oh, actually, definitely. On, <laughs> well, as you said, on the Spanish... Way, way of doing, doing things, things with corruption and, and, yeah, and in this case, bribes this, and this who is, you know. Yeah, because this is a satire on the bribery and corruption and manipulation, which, um, well, um, in some ways exists in Spain today. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other oh, countries as well. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> but, this, uh, but it's the Spanish who are sending up the satire yeah, about themselves. Yeah, they do it so well. I mean, we've mm. seen other films, usually they're the last couple of being murder mysteries in, in which an employee's <laughs> gone missing or something like that, and there's a whole lot of cover-up <laughs> in the police department trying to um, think. But, no, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, Javier Bardem, he is... He steals the scene, every scene that he's in. It's very much about him. In fact, I couldn't even tell you the names of any of the other actors, He's yeah, or yeah. whether or not they're famous or not, because he is just such a central part of the film. And unsurprisingly, this has been nominated. Um, this is Spanish's, Spain's entry into the Oscars next year for Best Foreign Film. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting if it gets it. <laughs> Yeah, best yeah, best for, yeah, yeah. Best foreign film. Yeah, that, uh, I think it's got a chance. Well, but I think again, uh, it would be largely to um, yeah, Harvey is, to, to, yeah, to, yeah, but, uh, to to recognise, you know, acknowledge Harvey is. Yeah, um, and the director the for getting the best out of him. I mean, he really does. Yeah, because I mean, it's a highly active sort of a you know high. It is. Level. There's no boom, boom, um, boom. He's on quiet the go. moments. No, he's on the go all you the time, talking to people, telling them all sorts of things. <laughs> what are you going to do next? But he, I mean, some, there's the thing with charismatic people. Some of the philosophy he was uh, spouting. Um, 
I actually believed it. It was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I can get that. But then thinking about it afterwards, it was yeah. like... No, no yeah, it's, it's afterwards, yeah, because I was seriously thinking, well, from early on, and then, you know, because he considers all these um, workers there for him in the factory as part of his family. Mm. And he says things like that, and you sort of wonder, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> does he mean that or not? But you tend to believe him yourself half the time. Yeah, yeah. No. And I'm still not sure whether he believed it himself. <laughs> oh, he most definitely did. He, yeah, he's just the way he's... It's, 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 yeah, it's, you could go into a big, long history of how he's ended up like this. I mean, he's known no other way, really. He inherits the business. <laughs> he's entitled. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's um, well, what's his, his title? It's Blanco, isn't it? That's white. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Yeah, Blanco Scales. No, it's a very, very clever film. I definitely recommend people go see it. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, so Bardem does come out as a rather bombastic leader uh, with a sort of a sense of entitlement and oh, willingness um, to, to do away with anyone that, um, uh, who, uh, you know, that he, who won't tow his line. Mm. This is it. You do what I want and, <laughs> and you can be part of my family. But as I said, in the nicest <laughs> possible way. Yeah. <laughs> like he, doesn't, yes. he doesn't want to get rid of people. He yeah. doesn't want to do... Yeah evil things to people, but he just doesn't realise he's doing it. No, he said, no, what poor business. Yeah. Okay, okay. well, anyway, yeah, okay. interesting stuff. Good, thank you. No worries. That was Carolyn Brown with her views on The Good Boss, and I'm Hans Petrovic in Plains FM 96.9. Ja, familie, børn, karriere, det hele. Det smager mega godt. Vi skal da have vores egen restaurant. Du skal da have din egen stjerne. Du snakker alt for meget mad, far. Det er også mit arbejde. Du er ikke på arbejde. Skål. In a taste of hunger, a couple seemed to sacrifice everything to achieve the highest possible recognition for their restaurant in Copenhagen, the capital of Denmark. Robin Munro has been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this culinary movie which turns into a serious romantic drama. Uh, Robin, I expected this film to be more about the food in top-class restaurants than the people who run them. What did you think of A Taste of Hunger? Yes, I, I think in the end it was a little bit um, muddled on, on that goal. It certainly used a lot of food images and it started off very strongly showing the chef who was at the centre of it um, making a meal, um, but also balancing. It had all the tastes that he wanted in it, um, but that they were in a kind of balance. And, and by the end, we, we, we learn a sort of message that uh, just as you have to have balance in your food, you need balance in other things. But he's... Well, your private life or... <laughs> in your private <laughs> life and... and, 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 restaurant. and <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, that being obsessed with perfection in the restaurant is, isn't enough. Yeah. Well, I was just reading somewhere along those lines that this film combines sweet and sour things just like lemon ice cream. <laughs> and therefore... Um, in some parts of this film, but can be quite delicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but this is it. I mean, to me, it's almost like two films. I had a few, I mean, Copenhagen is known for having some of the top-class restaurants 
in well in the world the, the, mm-hmm. the, with Michelin stars that um, French um, award system to top class restaurants all over the place, uh, but particularly in Europe, I think that they might do this, and. Um, and this is the whole point of the film, that they want to get one of these Michelin stars for their newly opened restaurant. And, uh, but, 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 the, yeah, but what I liked about it was more the start of the film because this was on the food side. You saw the, the bloke who turned out to be the husband uh, as of later on, um, you know, prepares different things. Well, and you see other people, restaurant people and all this, making all these fascinating things to to um, serve up in their restaurants. And this, I assumed, was going to be what the whole film was about. <laughs> but then it turns into a rather complex thing about the relationship between the husband and wife. Then the need, particularly with the bloke, to get the, to win, to, to be awarded a Michelin star... And and they'll do just about anything to, for and, that. And, and they yeah, even ignore their own family, their own kids. Mm. And they have a, quite a fright early on because the whole idea of the restaurant is that some secret diner will appear in the in the restaurant who will be working for Michelin, yeah. and that they might have served him a dud meal. <laughs> <laughs> and that that leads us on quite a merry chase. Yeah. Well, this is also the other sort of odd thing in the film is that. It goes flashes backwards and forwards in time quite a bit, because you sort of see them at the beginning. They obviously not married. Next thing you know, they seem to be, or there's kids there too. So, yeah, where did they come from? (laughs) Where does all this come from? You know, but then you understand that the film is moving backwards and forwards in time quite a bit, Mm. and you have to keep that in mind. Mm. 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 But but I mean, I did find it fascinating for, for me. It was nevertheless a, fast, a good, interesting film about, uh, well, running restaurant, running business. And, um, yeah, and we're viewing another film along about businesses today also where there's quite a bit of corruption. So um, so my best thing is go and see both of them and <laughs> compare them. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so, I mean, you know, I can still... Uh, Recommend this to people, but warn them beforehand that uh, this is sort of one of these quite dark, slow films in in its personal development. I just always liked it when I went back to the food. (laughs) 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 Okay, so what would you say? yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it. Um, it has has some things to detract from, but some strong uh, acting mm. and some interesting twists to the story. Yes, yes. Okay, well, thank you, Robin. That was Robin Munro with his views on A Taste of Hunger, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Plains FM 96.9. I also thank this show's sponsor, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers.co.nz. Why am I going to my fifth Olympic Games? I want to do this for my babies. I want to do this to inspire them. But I know this journey is going to be the most difficult campaign I will ever embark on. 
today, another gold medal winning throw. Anyone who goes undefeated for over a hundred events is superhuman. I was always the tallest kid at primary school. Dame Valerie Adams, More Than Gold, is a very impressive documentary about the New Zealand-based Olympic champion shot putter. Mary Gibson's been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this film about this very impressive, larger-than-life persona who we cannot help but feel impressed by. Uh, Mary, I saw her as a winning personality, and she certainly won me over. What did you think of Dame Valerie Adams, More Than Gold? Uh, I thought this was a really brilliant documentary. Um, the fact that it's a New Zealand documentary is fabulous anyway, but Dame Valerie Adams is such an incredible character and so engaging. And what I loved about this was that it was so raw. There was no gloss, no glamour, no holding back. Everything was on the table. And how she shared her, um, you know, her family life, what she'd been through, everything like that was yes. just beautifully put together. And I really loved how she sat and she spoke to the camera and then she'd talk about a piece of her life and they would show that piece of her life where as a gangly teenager, six foot four, 10 or 11 years old, towering above everyone else, being the odd kid out, not having any friends. And then you see her with the girl that befriended her at primary school, who is still her best mate. Mm. And there's Val at six foot four and this little person <laughs> tucked under her arm. And it's just the most gorgeous um, gorgeous story, not just her life, but the way that it's put together, I think is really, really good. I really like this because sometimes with a documentary, it can flip about a bit and you lose the connection, but you never did in this. You felt connected the whole way through and and just every moment was a special moment, wasn't it? You just Oh, yes. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much more to her than, uh, than you know at first. Uh, mm. You know, there's, uh, because this is not just about her uh, Olympic Games and uh, she actually took part in five consecutive Olympic Games mm, mm. and uh, won, I think, um, uh, gold at all except one, the first one, possibly. Mm. And um, and the last one, which was the bronze. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that, that, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah that's it, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and so, you know, this is, that last one was in Tokyo in 2020, so that's mm. only a couple of years ago. Mm, mm. And, um, you know, you get that side. This is seems to be her life. Mm. But there is so much more there. I mean, you, you, she cares about her children because she's got to devote so much time to her sporting mm, life mm, world. Mm. And um, but there's uh, that to, to, for, big concern for her. Then there's even her private life mm, because mm. at one stage there she um, comes. She uh, gets ter medically. Uh, she gets has terrible trouble after giving birth mm, to a. Mm. 
to one of the kids yeah. uh, and this to sort her of daughter. Thing, yeah. to her daughter yes mm, that's right mm. and uh, you know and uh, the concern over that afterwards with the, and she had to have an operation you put everything back together again for her. and uh, so you see all of that as mm, well mm. and it's not just that she sort of dominates over everyone although at six foot four she's <laughs> easily yeah, do and, and that, that's what I loved and that's why I say I think it's so raw because it's not glossy and it's not all pretty and and seeing those pieces and, and when she talks about her daughter being autistic and her son being diagnosed as um, yeah. insulin dependent diabetes as at one year old you know his whole life now is 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 geared around insulin and, and his injections and how loving her husband is and how you know Gabriel the first one and she and I I mean I knew she'd been married but didn't know that he had been abusive and 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 had uh-huh. actually pushed uh-huh. her down as a person mm. to then come back from all of that and you know what you realize is how much she has sacrificed for this sport not just for herself and you get the sense of it I'm doing it for my family I'm doing it for my kids I'm doing it for my country you know I'm pushing yeah. myself and then you know Seeing seeing her on the road to the to the Olympics, you know, to the Tokyo Olympics, and working with her new coach, and the, the other sacrifices that she that was a huge sacrifice to spend time down in Christchurch when her family was, I think, in Auckland, and then COVID and not being able to see them, just amazing, and and staying so resilient throughout that. You know, you can see the impact it has on her oh, yeah. personally yeah. at every level. And, and I mean, her, her background, her origins are quite um, mm, co- mm, different mm, too because mm. um, she uh, wasn't born in New Zealand. She's from Tonga. Uh, from mm, Tonga. Mm, and, mm. and this is where her family originally came from. Mm, then they settled, mm. settled in New mm. Zealand later on. But there's all sorts of um, different effects this has had on her because uh, she has difficulty settling into different co- communities, even as yeah. a kid. Yeah. But but I think she's learned a lot since those well, days. Because, I mean, she speaks, seems to speak different languages now. Yeah, she, speaks French from French, having yeah. lived in Switzerland. And, yeah. But the other thing was, and, and, and I mean, you know, what an incredible family. We know about her brother Stephen, of course, who is the the $300 million basketball player, you know, Stephen Adams, and the genetics are amazing. And then her sister, Lisa, who she's now coaching as a Paralympian, who won a gold medal at at Tokyo also. And and so, you know, and and the story of, of her parents and her dad, and they don't actually know how many kids there are, whether there's 13 or 15 in the family. There's 18 siblings. Yeah, it's just... She had. Now, I, I don't quite understand how you can do that. Well, yeah, the father obviously was, you know, <laughs> but 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 I think that also, yeah, through her own family, went from him with her mother and then the father. Anyway, and it talks a lot about the relationship and, and how she mended the relationship with her father, which was quite broken. And so it's, it's, that's what I keep saying. I can't get away from that word, how raw it is, how, yeah. how honest, how open. Yeah. Yeah. How how willing to share her story, and and I mean the other amazing thing, Hans, is she's only thirty six. 
God. And yeah, when you think about what she's achieved yeah, what she's over that time. To squeeze, I mean, five Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So 16, I think she was when she went to the first one, uh, something like that. You know, phenomenal. Just fen- It's a phenomenal story. And, and I'm so pleased that she's been honoured as a dame, that she's been yes. held held up on a on a pedestal because yeah, she. Yeah, that's only five years ago that she yeah, got that. She completely deserves. Every mm. accolade she gets in my book. Yeah, and then you get those little sort of little touches. You see a couple of times at least mm. in the in um, the cemetery mm. at her mother's mm. grave. She mm. just goes there, tidies it up a little bit, and spends mm. some time there. And these sort of touches to a mm. film about this woman who mm. gets on the you know on the mm. Olympics floor mm. out of ground out there and starts throwing these heavy things around you mm. Know? Mm. It's, 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 yeah she's an amazing woman yeah yeah huge huge pieces to her personality yes and that, yes. that comes across in this movie beautifully yes oh no this is well 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 worth seeing definitely yep. very good. much so good thank you Mary That was Mary Gibson with her views on Dame Valerie Adams' More Than Gold. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on Plains FM website. That's at plainsfm.org.nz. Music